we are not an uh, independent church. We are not a church by ourselves. Uh, we are part of the Acts Churches New Zealand movement, uh, formerly known as the Apostolic, uh, Apostolic Church of New Zealand, really. Been around since the 1920s. Um, and uh, we are a part of a bigger family of people. 60 plus churches, about 10, 11,000 people across the country are a part of our network of churches. And here in Canterbury, there's five churches. Uh, we've got our friends down in Tamaru. They only just count, right? Because they're like, what are they, like South, South Canterbury? Uh, but we've got uh, Equipers Tamaru, then there's us, uh, and then just down the road, and we'll get to them in a second, is Activate. And then we have uh, City Church. Uh, Christchurch with Garth and Carol Chimpoy, and then we have Equippers in the city with Jono and Emma Brown, and uh, and also we have Activate Christchurch um, with our friends uh, Josh and Liz Van Burkle, who have been there two years last week. So let's give them a round of applause. Woo! Um, and so I'd like to encourage him up, so I'm just going to pray. Father, we thank you, uh, that you that you can move through us. Um, Lord, we thank you for your, uh, your word. I thank you for the wisdom on Josh's life. And I pray that we would have hearts to receive your message this morning. And so, Father, we thank you for Josh. We thank you for uh, his family releasing him. And uh, even though he's had a full week, Father, we thank you that he's here uh, to give his best um, in you to us. In your mighty name, amen. Thanks, Josh. Thank you very much. Hey, good morning. How are you guys? Doing all right? Excited to hear about your church camp. That's pretty cool. It's like old school, man. That's almost as old school as Shout to the Lord, which you guys did uh, earlier, which is fantastic. I haven't sung that song in so many years. Hey, the good news about your church camp is that you can be pretty confident that the weather will be good because we've got like a year's worth of rain happening at the moment. We live uh, out in uh, North Canterbury. And so the, our route here is to sort of drive 20 minutes up to the motorway and then come across and then come down this way. But this morning, we just got to uh, sail straight across. So we saved a lot of time, which was uh, awesome. Um, I'll get my message jumped up on the screen. That'd be awesome. Thank you very much. Um, I, I think last time I spoke here was like a couple of years ago, right? Because last year was COVID and that made things a little bit tricky. And this church just grows so fast that most of you probably don't know, uh, you know who I am. So just very quickly, a little bit um, about me. I am married. I've got three kids. Harrison, my son, is 10. Yes. I forget his age. You're, oh, you're nine. I genuinely thought you were 10. Sorry about that. He turns 10 uh, later. You've been nine for a long time. All right. And, uh, and I've got a, a wife, um, which helps with the kids, and three kids. So we've got Jess, we've got Harrison and Darcy. So they all send their apologies. My wife runs our kids program. Uh, at our church. So she's there uh, this morning running around after kids. Uh, that's pretty much what they look like all the time, uh, except for Darcy, who more often looks like that. Uh, she's a bit of a wild one, uh, is our Darcy. Awesome. So if you've got your Bibles this morning, which I'm sure you do, Warren, you got your Bible? Good man, on your phone. Uh, I want you to open it up to uh, 1 Samuel uh, chapter 3. Uh, and I'll give you a little bit of context before we, we jump into this. The plan for this morning is I'll read out a passage of scripture. Uh, I want to be super encouraging. And then we might just shift gears a little bit and it'll be a little bit challenging. Are you, are you guys okay with challenge? You guys are used to it? You're used to challenge? Uh, that's awesome. And I'll give you a heads up when the gear changes. So if you want to just switch off and stop listening, you can do so at that point. 
All right. So to give you a little bit of context around 1 Samuel chapter 3, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 1 and chapter 2 tells a story about a woman called Hannah. And Hannah is married and uh, she can't have any children. And back in those days, there was a very widely held belief that if you were a woman, your entire value, your entire worth was based around your ability to have children. It was your ability to reproduce and and particularly have sons. Uh, I'm not saying it's right, but that was just the belief that they had back then. And so Hannah had this issue where she couldn't have kids. And so it was sort of widely believed that that meant she had no value. She had no worth. She could couldn't contribute to you know society in any meaningful way and so it just it just sucked for her and so the first couple of chapters of Samuel it tells a story about how every year she would travel with her husband to the tabernacle and they would bring their sacrifices and they would bring their worship to God and that was part of the culture part of the tradition that the Jewish people held and so every year she would come and she would just get more and more upset about the fact that here's another year that's gone by and I still haven't been able to have kids and her friends were not overly helpful and she had some family members that teased her and just made her feel stink about things. And so one year she turns up at the tabernacle and she's just gutted. She's just beside herself. And so the Bible says that she's on her knees at the tabernacle and she's praying and she's just so upset. She's so distraught uh, that the high priest at the time thought she was drunk. He's like, this woman is losing her marbles. That's how upset she was. And she says, God, I'm so desperate for a kid. And I promise that if you just make a way for me to get pregnant, you make a way for me to have a kid, then I will bring that child back when he's a little bit older and he's able to kind of stand on his own two feet and survive without being attached to me 24 hours a day. And I'm going to give him to you, God. And the Bible says that God heard her prayer and she went home and she got pregnant And she gave birth to this boy called Samuel. And so a few years later, when he was old enough to stand on his own two feet and didn't have to be around here 24-7, she brought him back to the tabernacle and she dedicated him to God. And she said, right, mate, you're going to live here. You're going to serve God. You're going to work in the tabernacle. We're going to devote you to the service of God, which I think is pretty impressive. Right, like if you've been waiting to have a kid, you can't have a kid, you can't have a kid, you can't have a kid, and then finally you have one, I think I would have been like to God, ah, sorry, I actually had my fingers crossed the whole time. Like, I don't want to give God my only kid. But actually, she went back after giving God Samuel, and she had a lot more kids, and everything worked out really well for Hannah. But that's kind of what leads us to 1 Samuel chapter 3. So this boy Samuel, he's been dedicated to God. We don't know exactly how old he is, but he could very well be around Harrison's age. In the Jewish culture, you know, once you go through a bar mitzvah, which happens at like, 12, 13 years old, you are considered a man. So anytime you read in the Bible that there was a boy, you can be confident that at the at their oldest, they're probably like 11, but probably younger than that. And so we pick it up in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 3. Uh, the title of this morning's message is Made for It. Let me ask you a question this morning, and I want you to be honest. By a show of hands, how many people would say, I sometimes struggle to hear God speak. This is pretty typical response. In any church you go to, any Christian you talk to, every single hand in the room goes up. I struggle to hear God speak. Every single Christian, including myself, that I've ever had a conversation with around hearing God speak, hearing the voice of God, they would say, I struggle to hear God speak. How many people are stoked with that? 
Yeah, right? not too many hands. Like, how many people you go, I, not only do I struggle to hear God speak, but I would love to hear God speak more. Yeah, right? So we're, we're all on the same page. We're all in this together. We're all saying, man, I struggle to hear God speak, and I, I wish that I could hear God speak more. Uh, this is a fun question to ask. How many people believe that other people hear God speak more than you hear God speak? Right? A lot of hands go up at like a lot of hands go up in the room there as well. It's like when you ask the question, how many people think they're an above average driver? Every hand goes up. You're like, well, think about that for a second. That's not how averages work. All right. So what I want to talk to you about this morning is hearing and recognizing the voice of God. And my goal in this is that by the end of this morning, you are excited about hearing God speak into your life. And you've got some tools and techniques to really help make this happen. Because I've been thinking about this a lot. You know, we've been pastoring for a couple of years now, which is honestly like five minutes in, in church circles. But I've been asking myself this question a lot. Like, if I could teach people one thing, or if if I could help people discover one thing about God, what would that one thing be? And at the moment, I'm really just camping around this idea that, man, if I can help people hear and recognize when God's speaking to them, I think, like, that's... That's almost like job done then, right? Like if I can help people to hear and recognize when God's speaking to them, then essentially I can do myself out of a job. Like back in the old days, this is a bit embarrassing to say, but back in the old days, the church had a radically different opinion to that. And that was that we need to make it as hard as possible for people to hear from God. So the church would do things like not allow people to have the Bible published in the language that they spoke so that the priests were the only ones that could tell them what the Bible said. They'll do things like say, you can't talk directly to God. You've got to come to a priest and tell us what your issues are. And then we'll kind of intervene with God on your behalf. Uh, thankfully, we've moved away from that a lot now. And we recognize that actually... We're all meant to have a dynamic and exciting relationship with God. We're all meant to be able to talk to God and have God talk back to us. And I think that if you can, if you can learn how to do that, then that completely, I don't want to oversell it, but it completely changes your life. Completely changes your life. I won't ask you to put your hand up, but how many people would say, like, deep down in my heart of hearts, if no one's asking or no one's watching, I would admit that sometimes I find prayer kind of boring. People, you're laughing because you know it's true. Like, I find prayer kind of boring sometimes. And I tell you what, there is nothing more boring than monologuing to a God who doesn't talk back. That's just boring. But there is nothing more exciting than having a two-way conversation with the dude that created the universe. That is pretty fun. And I often think that a lot of the times the attitudes we have around prayer and quiet times and reading our Bible and all the stuff that, you know, we all know that we should do more of, it's just because we don't recognize that God wants to speak to us in that space. And when God talks to you, and I could point to different times in my life where God's just spoken into my life, different geographical locations, I could be like, that's where I was when God says this. It turns your entire life upside down. So if you're here this morning and you're like, man, I would like my Christian life to be more exciting, to be more dynamic then having God speak into it is honestly the way to go. Awesome. Let me show you something in the Bible this morning. 1 Samuel chapter 3. Let's read through it together. So it says, The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. How many people feel like that's my life right there? The word of the Lord is rare. Like, we've all been through seasons like that. I think we should start this thing in churches where instead of saying to someone, hey, how are you going? And they go, ah, kind of struggling. 
that we should have this thing where you go, how are you going? And if you're struggling, you just say, oh, brother, the word of the Lord is rare. Like that should be like our response. And then you can say back to them, and there are not many visions. And it'd be like this cool, like two-way conversation that we have as Christians. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. So we have this extraordinary story in the Bible where the Lord is is calling Samuel in an audible voice. Like out loud, he hears it with his ears. The Lord called Samuel and Samuel answered, here I am. And then he ran to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. Eli is the name of the old priest that he's kind of, you know, bunking with, although they're in different rooms. Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and he said, here I am. You called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now, Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time, the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. And then it doesn't say it in there, but he's probably thinking, you crazy old coot, you're losing your marbles. And then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, look, go and lie down. And if he calls you, you say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. And then Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. And then God goes on to kind of unpack his whole plan for the nation of Israel and what he's going to do for Eli and, and all this kind of stuff. And they have this amazing you know, conversation that completely changes uh, Samuel's life. Now, there's one verse in here that I wanted to highlight to you because here we have a story where, where God comes in and he's speaking to Samuel And Samuel jumps up and he runs to Eli and Eli says, it wasn't me. He goes back and he lies down and then the Lord comes and he speaks to Samuel again and Samuel hears it again and he gets up and he runs to Eli and Eli goes, it wasn't me. And then in verse seven, it makes this statement. After Samuel's already heard God's voice twice and responded to it, it says this in verse seven. Now, Samuel did not yet know the Lord. I want to tell you something uh, this morning. For every person that put their hand up and said, I struggle to hear uh, when God speaks. I can't hear when God speaks. I want to tell you with all due respect, you're wrong. Because you were, we are made to hear God speak. We are created to hear the voice of God. If you're a human, if you're living, breathing human, you have the capacity to hear God speak. He put it in you when he created you. Every single person on the planet, whether you are Christian or non-Christian, whether you're Muslim, whether you're Hindu, whether you're gay, straight, black, white, it doesn't matter. If you've been created by God, you have inside of you the ability to hear God speak. It is in every single one of us. And here you have Samuel. The Bible says black and white, he didn't even know God. And yet he has the capacity to hear God speak. Right? All of us have the capacity to hear God speak. The issue is not that we can't hear God's voice. So I want to just make that really clear this morning. Your issue, when you put your hand up and say, I want to hear God's voice more, that is not your problem. 
Your problem is not a lack of ability to hear God's voice. We all struggle with this issue, and that is that we need to learn to recognize God's voice, right? So Samuel, he's hearing God's voice. His issue is he just doesn't know that it's God. And I think when we recognize, you might go, oh, Josh, you're just splitting hairs. It's hearing, it's recognizing. What's the difference? There's a huge difference, right? Because if you can't hear, like if Lyndon can't hear God speak, what's he going to do about that? You can't do anything about that. You can't hear God speak. Like if, if you are physically deaf, then you can't hear my voice. And there's no like tips or techniques or little wee trainings that you can do to all of a sudden just unblock your ears. Like you're deaf, you can't hear. So if you think I can't hear God's voice, then unfortunately you're kind of stuck like that forever. There's nothing you can do about it. But if you go, no, I can hear God's voice. I'm hearing God's voice all the time. My issue is that when he speaks, I don't recognize that it's him then all of a sudden that changes everything because you now have total control over that. You can totally change that. It makes a huge difference. If, there's, if there was one thing that I wanted you to go home with this morning and be like, man, I've never really thought about it. I want you to go home and go, I can hear God speak. I hear God speak all the time. God is constantly talking to me and I'm constantly hearing him. My issue is that I just don't recognize that it's him. I'm not recognizing that that's God talking. Um, you know, my, my wife has got a couple of sisters. She's part of a large family, nine brothers and sisters from two different marriages. And so as a result, she's the youngest of a second marriage. And so she's got brothers and sisters that are like 60 years old and she's like mid 30s. She's got nephews and nieces that are older than she is. And we don't have a lot to do with that side of the family. Just never really have. They're not like an overly close family. And we would kind of pull together for Christmases every now and again. And then when her dad passed away, even that kind of stopped. And so we might go two or three years without seeing anybody. And then somebody gets married and we all come together and everyone says, oh, we should make more of an effort. And then nobody does, you know, it's like weddings and funerals is the only time you see people. Um, But one year uh, she invited some of her sisters around to our house for her birthday for like a little wee morning tea kind of thing. Uh, and so her two sisters, who were both you know, 20 years older than her, they came around for a morning tea and they, they brought her a present. And the week before her birthday, she'd come home one day and she said, oh, I was at Whitcalls and I saw this cookbook. And she said, I just, oh, I just wanted it, right? Like she lusted after this cookbook because she, she loves cooking. And I said, why didn't you buy it? And she said, oh, it's like $100. And I thought, that's the woman I married right there, you know. She said, I figured I could just, you know, Google some recipes. But she said, I just, I just wanted it. Anyway, the week goes by, and of course, her two sisters come around, who we only see like once every couple of years, and they give her a present, and she opens it up, and it's this cookbook. Now, they're not Christians. They don't go to church. They're not interested in God. Uh, as far as I know, they've never been interested in God. They've never gone to church. And they open it up, and, and my wife goes, huh, this is a cookbook. And they said, yeah, this is the weirdest thing. They said, we were walking past Whitcalls, and we saw it in the window, and we both turned to each other at the same time and said, Liz would like that. We should buy that for Liz. Now, you will never convince me that that wasn't God just whispering in the area and saying, hey, you should buy that for Liz. Like, he knew that she wanted it. He wanted to bless her, and and she was incredibly blessed by it, and she came away going, man, God really cares about the little things in our life. Now, at the same time that you would never convince me that wasn't God— I don't think I could ever convince them that it was, you know. They would just be like, ah, it's just coincidence. 
There's no coincidences in the kingdom of heaven. I think God, you know, coincidence is just God working behind the scenes, you know. Uh, There are so many instances in the Bible of people hearing the voice of God. That's not the issue. In uh, John chapter 12, we won't go there, but it tells a story about the heavens opening and God speaking over Jesus. And he says the statement like, I've glorified my name and I'm going to through you glorify it again. And in verse 30 of John chapter 12, it says the whole crowd heard it. And some said it was thunder. And some said we think it might have been an angel talking. Again, everybody heard it, but they didn't recognize it, right? That is, that is our issue. Um, I don't believe for a second that there is a single person on the planet that doesn't hear God speak, right? We hear God speak. So then the question then becomes, okay, Josh, if God's talking to me all the time, if I don't have an issue hearing God's voice, and my issue is recognizing God's voice, then, then why did I put my hand up and say, I wish that I could hear God more? Like, why am I not getting more of God? And, and I want to just give you this morning, just in the next 10 minutes, I want to give you three things that I think make it really hard for us to recognize God's voice. And what I'm going to ask you to do is, in these three things, I want you to pick one that you go, I think that's my main issue. Now, in my life, all three things are an issue. Everything, I'm like, ah, oh, that's an issue for me. Ah, oh, that's an issue for me too. And it might be the same for you. But just pick one and go, that is my number one issue. And that's going to be the thing that I want you to go away and, and talk to God about. And we might have some time uh, this morning even to just pray for a few people. But let's look at these three things that get in the way of us recognizing God's voice. Number one, we're unfamiliar with God's voice. This is not rocket science, right? The more familiar you are with someone the easier it is to recognize their voice. Would you agree with that? Like, that's totally true. I was telling Andre this story the other day. I had a missed call on my phone one morning. And I was in a meeting when they rang, so I didn't answer it, didn't recognize the number, so that's fine. Later on in the day, I thought I should call that person back. I don't know who they are. And so I dialed the number, and my intention was that when they answered the phone, I would say, hi there, it's Josh Van Burkle calling. I have a missed call from this number. And then they would say, oh, hi, Josh, it's, it's Warren here from Cornerstone. I'd be like, oh, yes, okay, now I know who it is. That was the plan. But when they answered the phone, they said, hey, Josh, how are you going? And I just automatically went, oh, I'm going good, man. How are you? And they said, I'm doing great. And I said, that's good. And they said, um, they said what did you think about the email that I sent? Now, that was the moment I should have gone, I'm so sorry, I don't know who this is. But I was like in too deep already. And so I said, I said, oh, I actually haven't had a chance to read it yet. And they said, well, you're going to read it later today? I said, yeah, yeah, when I get home, I'll read it. And then I'll give you a call and let you know what I reckon. And they said, look, that'd be great. And they said, you know me, like after I send an email, I like to follow up with a phone call and make sure everything's okay. And I said, yeah, yeah, it's one of the things I like about you. And they said, so I'll hear from you later this afternoon. And I said, yeah, I'll call you later. And I hung up and I thought, I do not have a clue who that is. I just, and I, I messaged Andre, remember? I was like, I've just had the wildest conversation with someone. I don't, I don't recognize their voice. I didn't recognize their voice. I don't know who they were. And anyway, I went home and there was an email from someone and I was like, oh, yes, okay. I'd emailed them the day before. That emailed back. It was a finance person within the X movement who obviously had my number saved and thought that I had their number saved. and Well, my point is that I didn't know who that was, but if my wife had rung me 
on a number that I didn't recognize. And she'd answered the phone. Hi, Josh. I would have straight away, I would have known who that was. Right, because I'm familiar with her. The more familiar you are with someone, the more you recognize their voice. And so one of the issues that we have to deal with when it comes to recognizing God's voice is that we're just not as familiar with his voice as we need to be. Let me prove something to you. What I'll do, I'll I'll get everybody to close their eyes. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to tap someone on the shoulder and I'm going to get them to say, this is my voice. Do you recognize it? All right, and we'll see how you guys go with this. Everyone close your eyes. Just close your eyes right now. And if you feel a hand on your shoulder, just just say out loud, this is my voice. Do you recognize it? Okay? This is my voice. Do you recognize it? All right, open your eyes. Who knows who that was? Right, who was it? I like that you put your hand up, Lyndon. Like, yes, I know who that was. It was me, right? You know, now, now there'll be people here that maybe you haven't been coming very long. Maybe you've only heard Lyndon once or twice, and so you're like, oh, I'm not too sure. But then there's people that do life with Lyndon, and as soon as he said, this is me, I know who that is, right? And so what we need to do in this space, if this is something that you're like, oh, man, this is, this is my issue, unfamiliarity with God, I just don't recognize God's voice because I don't hear it enough, the solution to this is very simple, it's time. You need to start spending more time with him. If someone came to me and said, hey, look, what do I do? Where do I start? I would say, open up your Bibles to the Gospels and just read everything written in red. Everything in red, because that is the voice of God. That is Jesus talking. In fact, the whole Bible, you know, uh, 2 Timothy 3.16 says that all of Scripture is, is God-breathed. It's inspired by God. But I'd start with those red letters. Then just, just camp on that. Just every day, you spend 15 minutes just reading Jesus talking. Because when God talks, he sounds like... Jesus in the Bible. It's, it's the weirdest thing. He sounds like the Jesus in the Bible. And in the same way that if you were reading letters from someone, you would start to pick up a vibe on how they talk, the language they use, the, you know, the grammar, you know, their speaking style, their sense of humor. You pick up all that stuff from letters if you just read it over and over and over again, different letters. It's the same with the Bible. You've got to spend time uh, reading the Word, spend time with Him, the unfamiliarity, there's really only one solution for it, and that's just spending more time with him. Uh, another issue, and this is another one that I have to struggle with, is sometimes we don't recognize the voice of God because we're too unfocused. We need to declutter our lives. Like Our lives are so busy in 2021. We've got all of these inventions that are supposed to make our lives easy. We have washing machines so we don't have to wash our clothes and dishwashers so we don't have to do the dishes and microwaves so we can do a meal in five minutes and cell phones and internet and Wi-Fi and all this stuff. And yet somehow all of these things that have been created to free up our time, we have less time than we've ever had before, it feels like. You're just running around from thing to thing to thing. And we all know that if, if someone's talking to you and you're not focused on what they're saying, you're not focused on what's happening, then you can miss it really easily. Any woman who's tried to say something to her husband while he watches sport will know. Why are you laughing, Kath? It's... You always hear it. Oh, yeah, hearing it's not the problem. That's why, that's why guys go, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then the wife says, what did I just say? And the guy just 
parrots back like the last two sentences to prove that I heard it, but it doesn't get in, right? We're not focused on it. And then the next day, they're like, I didn't know about this. I didn't know your sister was coming around. We didn't talk about this. Yes, we did. We did it during the game. My wife's clued up now. At first, she was really anti. I hate talking to you while you're watching sport. Now she knows that's when I tell them all the stuff that I don't want them to get annoyed about, you know, like, hey, such and such is coming around. Is that cool? Yeah, yeah, totally fine, totally fine. And then there you go. So the solution to unfocus right is we need to declutter. Do you know the average New Zealander, Christian, non-Christian, just across the board, average New Zealander watches 33 hours of television per week. 33 hours of television. That's, you know, Netflix, Disney+, Plus, Lightbox, Neon, whatever platform you use. I remember having a conversation with someone once and she proudly declared to me that they had stopped watching TV in their house. She said, we've thrown our TV out. We no longer watch TV. I said, that's awesome. Until I found out that they were just watching hours of Netflix and Disney+. And she literally meant we don't watch TV. That's gone. But everything else, you know. Then the average person spends like 16 hours a week on social media. Again as well. Because otherwise, how else would anyone know what you're eating unless you had social media? Right? The, the average person has a full-time job, 40-plus hours a week, just watching TV and scrolling through Facebook. It's the average person under the age of 65. If you're over 65, you're like, Internet, what? No, nah, I'm joking. That's, don't take offense, over 65s. You guys are awesome. But you're better than us under 65s. And so, you know, we, we put up our hands and we say, hey, I struggle to hear God speak. I struggle to recognize when God talks. The challenging question is, what are you going to do about it? You've all just said, I want to hear God more. I want to recognize God's voice in my life more. What's the plan here? What's your strategy? What are you going to do differently? Do you know what one of the definitions of insanity is? Right, it's doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. So if we all, and we're all on the same boat, if we all go, I want to hear God more, I want to recognize when God's talking to me. And then we go home and we live this week just like we did last week, then you're insane. That's, you know, that's literally the definition, right? If you go, well, I, I watch, I've got all these favorite shows that I watch on Netflix, and then you go home, you just watch all those shows again, then yeah, nothing's going to change. So maybe that's the one that you've got to work on. And then the last one is unreceptive. And by unreceptive, what I mean is unable to receive. Our receiver is junked up. It's blocked up. I uh, helped a friend of mine move house the other day, last week. This is a real casual thing. They had like a whole week to move house. So they just said, look, we're going to spread this out over four or five days, do the odd trailer road. You know, it wasn't super intense. So I kind of turned up thinking there'd be like 10 of us, and there wasn't. It was just me and this couple that we were moving and her mum, who's like 70. And they said, oh, yeah, we'll just, you know, and they had no plan. It was just shove everything into the back of the ute and then drive around the corner to the house. And so at one point, I ended up alone with this sort of 75-year-old woman, um, and she was stressed because her phone had broken. And she wasn't getting any calls. She wasn't getting any texts. And uh, we'd been trying to contact her in the morning to say, hey, this is where we are. Come around and meet us here and help. She, she had to take the cats to the new house. And we couldn't leave the cats. So we had to wait for her to get there. And we ended up having to drive around to her house and be like, what the heck, man? You're not answering your phone. And she's like, I've had it on me the whole time. It didn't ring. 
right? And, and so I'm in the car with her, and she's just annoyed. She's like, I've had this phone for like three months. It's been nothing but problems, and I'm going to have to go back to Vodafone. Theirs is better, and blah, 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 blah. And I said, look, let me have a look at it. I'm not like a tech person, but I can tell that you are not a tech person. So let me have a look at it. And she gave it to me. And as soon as she gave it to me, I saw the aeroplane up the top of the screen, you know? I said, I, I think I can fix this. Like, I, I made it sound a lot more difficult than it was. I said, I, I have the capacity to fix this. I'm, I think I can fix this. Like, don't look and kind of... And, and uh, I just opened her phone up and I went to the settings and flight mode was on which is the button you push when you hop on the button you're supposed to push when you, <laughs> when you hop on the plane. And it just it shuts down any sending or receiving capacities of your phone, any capabilities of your phone to send or receive calls or texts. And at some point, she must have somehow pushed that button like in the last 24 hours. And so her phone wasn't ringing. She wasn't getting any texts, you know. And she's thinking, what's going on? Nobody loves me. Nobody cares. I'm not getting anything. And so I just pushed the button to take it off flight mode, and I gave it back to her, and I said, it's all fixed. And she said, wow, how did you, how did you do that? I said, oh, you just got to know your way around these things, you know. And then her phone just started going nuts because everyone that had texted her had called her for the last 24 hours, it was just all came flooding through. So I was going, bing, 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 bing. And she's, you know, she's like, oh, I've got glasses on and off. And, and then, then she goes, I can't handle it. And she just like threw it into the back seat. Now, it's a great illustration around how we run our lives a lot of the time. Like God is constantly sending us messages. He's constantly calling us. He's constantly saying, hey, I got this for you. Why don't you try this? Why don't you do this? Here's a solution to this problem. But we have pushed a button in our life that's got the flight mode on. And we can't receive what he's trying to send us. And so I've just got a couple of thoughts. I'll get the band to jump back up if that's all right. You guys can play like a a nice song. A couple of thoughts around what we bring into our life to push that flight mode button, to make us unable to receive what God, is, what God has got for us. And, you know, one of them is, is unforgiveness. The Bible talks so much about unforgiveness and the danger of holding on to unforgiveness. In fact, Jesus even says, if you don't forgive people, then God won't forgive you. Unforgiveness is like a huge flight mode button. It's very, very loud unforgiveness in our life, and it just drowns out everything else. Uh, we had a guy in our church, because uh, I talked about this just a couple of weeks ago, in our church, and, and he came up the front, and I didn't pray for him. Somebody else ministered with him, but he gave me a call during the week. He said, Josh, I came up the front, and he said, I realized that I had been holding on to unforgiveness about something that had happened 30 years ago. He said, I, I didn't realize I was still annoyed about it. I just thought I was over it. But in that space, which I'm about to give you, he said, God just popped it back into my memory. And so he came up and he just got led through a very basic prayer of forgiving that person. Uh, he said, I can't believe it. He said, it's like, it's like something's been unplugged that was just blocking me up for the last however many years. He said, my whole, my whole relationship with God's completely been blown wide open. He said, I'm hearing God speak. I'm, I'm seeing God, you know, through my circumstances. He said, it's, it's amazing. It's changed everything. And that was just from forgiving someone that he'd held on to for the last 30 years. So unforgiveness is a really major blockage for a lot of us. Unbelief is another one. You know, the Bible says that the power of life and death is in the tongue. 
Every time you say out loud or you think to yourself, I can't hear God speak, you're just putting another brick into that unbelief wall that's blocking you off from God. And so maybe you're here this morning and you're like, you know what, I just need to confess that, that I have developed this mindset that God speaks to other people, but He doesn't speak to me. And it's a shame that it's actually counterproductive. That unbelief actually makes it harder to hear what God's saying, to recognize when God's talking to us. And then it's not an overly fun topic to talk about, but sin. You know, we all have stuff in our life that we know we shouldn't have in there. We all do things that we know we shouldn't do. Sometimes we think, well, we're just by ourselves. No one can see. It's not that big a deal. But sin, again, is very noisy. It's like rain on the roof, right? Like it's, it just, it's just, it just creates this white noise. And it's just, it's there the whole time. And it doesn't mean God's not speaking to you. God's always speaking to you. Even after Adam and Eve sinned and completely ruined the whole world, I don't know how they've got any friends in heaven, but even when Adam and Eve sinned, it says that God came as was their habit. He walked in the garden and He called out, Adam, where are you? Like He was still speaking to Adam. They still had the conversation. He said, what have you done? What's going on? But it was Adam that went, I can't handle this. It's, it's too intense. Sin just creates this white noise that makes it so much harder to recognize when God's speaking. So what I want to do this morning, just to wrap up, thank you so much for having me, is I want to ask you, which one of these three things is the major issue in your life? And we're just going to take a minute to just sit here quietly and ask God, hey God, what, what is it that's stopping me from recognizing your voice? Because the other thing I would say is that in the same way that if you struggle to recognize God's voice, go and read your Bible. I would also say the most powerful question to ask, I think the loudest that God speaks often, is when we ask the question, what's stopping me from hearing your voice, from recognizing your voice? It was amazing when we did this in our church just a couple of Sundays ago, the number of people that came up and they were like, man, I haven't thought about this thing for decades and it just popped into my head. I haven't thought about this person for 40 years and they just popped into my head. Or I didn't even think that this was an issue. I didn't think God had a problem with it, but he's just laid it on my heart. So right now, why don't you just close your eyes if you feel comfortable to do so, just to block everybody else out. I'm just going to pray quickly and then we're just going to give you a minute to just let our Father speak to you. Father, I thank you that you love us. God, I thank you that you proved that love by sending your son Jesus to die on the cross. Lord, your word says that you have more thoughts about us than there is sand on the seashore. Lord, you're constantly talking to us. You're constantly speaking to us. You are forever directing us and guarding us and protecting us. But Father, sometimes we mishear you. We struggle to recognize when it's you because we, we're unfamiliar, God, or we're, we're too busy, or our reception is off. So Father, right now, I just pray for every single person here that you would reveal to them what it is that you would like them to work on. Father, what it is that is stopping them from recognizing your voice when you speak. Holy Spirit, speak to us now, I pray.
just take a minute and just ask them their question God what's what's making it harder for me to recognize your voice stand to your feet this morning if if the answer for you was unfamiliar you're too unfamiliar with me then the solution is to just prioritize building your relationship with God just leave this place and go I'm going to shift some things around in my life and I'm going to put God first I'm going to start reading my Bible and spending time with him and getting around people that sound like him and can confirm for me when God's speaking and when he's not that's that's something that you can go and work on If it's unfocused, again, that's something that you can go and just take some practical steps to address. Maybe look at some of your TV watching habits or where you're putting your time, what you're filling your life with. Uh, But if it's that third one, if it's unreceptive, if God's highlighted something to you that you're carrying unforgiveness or maybe you're carrying, you know, some unbelief or, or maybe some sin or it could be anything else. Then what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to respond this morning by coming up to the front so that we can pray with you. We've got a team of people that are going to come up and and pray with you. I've just seen many times how powerful this is when somebody responds and just privately with the person that they're speaking with, they say, hey, this is what God's highlighted to me. And to have someone put their hands on you and just say, hey, let's pray into that. So right now, if that's you this morning, if you're someone and God's spoken to you and said, hey, here's, here's where I think your issue is, and you go, look, I'd like prayer for that, why don't you come up to the front this morning? Come on. Be brave. Remember, we put our hands up. We said, I want to hear more from God. I want to hear more of God in my life. You've got to be prepared to step out. Come on. I know, I know there's people here this morning, and God's talking to you. That's awesome. Come on. Fantastic. So good. Just come right up. That's great. Thank you. Very good. That's awesome. Come on, there's more. We've got peeps to pray. Thank you. Just step forward for me, guys, so I know who's who's come up and who's just standing in the front row. Awesome. Hey, well, if you haven't come up this morning, that's great. You can only assume that you're super stoked about where you've gone or you're going to go home and work on building that relationship or getting a bit more focus. We're just going to move into a song now, and and you guys can sing. And I just encourage you to continue to let God keep talking to you in this space. We're going to pray for these guys up here.